What are the secrets of those extraordinary individuals that have achieved extraordinary success? Listen to their stories, discover their knowledge bursts, make those connections. Get ready. It's time to start moving forward. John Lim here, and we've got a great episode. It is my honor to have Sherry Ame. Sherry is a speaker, author, and a VIP partner at Influensive. She has been featured on many outlets, including ABC, Forbes, Thrive, and Dr. Oz, to name a few. You can learn more about Sherry at our website, SherryAme.com. How are you today, Sherry? I'm good, John. Thank you so much for having me. Hello to everybody listening. I'm excited to be on here today with you, and I hope everybody's doing well today. Oh, thank you, Sherry. It is an honor to have you. You've got an amazing story that I'm so excited to share with Moving Forward listeners. So share a little bit about yourself and tell a little bit about your journey. Yeah, so my journey um, really started, uh, I would say, my entrepreneurial journey uh, started um, shortly after I, I was uh, left, um, graduated college mm-hmm. and started working uh, as a programmer, actually a new programmer in the tech startup field. Uh, so this was years ago. <laughs> and um, I fell in love with coding. I had always been an artist, but oh, I funny. ended up, yeah, stumbling upon coding. And uh, I became... I was self-taught and became a, uh, a highly respected uh, and well sought after, um, you know, programmer in the tech field, and then eventually made my way into advertising and branding, and uh, ultimately uh, started exercising my entrepreneurial skills a little bit more, and created my own digital tech firm, and it was great. I, I was a blast. I had. Um, you know, big clients. I had about 20 people working for me. Wow. And it was, yeah, it was really, it was, it was a dream of mine to really become my own CEO. Yeah. Um, and there was a, a lot of pride in it, especially, you know, the, at the time there were not that many, you know, women programmers. Sure. Um, and so it was, it was a big deal. Yeah. And Sherry, mm-hmm. so was entrepreneurship something that you'd always strive towards? I mean, is it something that runs in your family? You know, it does run in my family. Um, my mother has been a, an entrepreneur for a long time. She started in uh, television, but then uh, ended up in finance as an entrepreneur. Oh, wow. So, yeah, so I've definitely, I've been around it uh, for many years. And, um, you know, I, I think I have to stop and actually think about it. I guess it's all I really knew for a long time. So, um, that probably has a lot to do with, um, you know, just my willingness to jump into it. But, uh, I really have to say it's, it's, it's really in my blood. I mean, it's, it come, it comes from a passion that's so deep inside me that I cannot not be an entrepreneur. (laughs) I I hear you. I absolutely love it. But Sherry, I'm curious, how did you go from coding into branding and what you're doing now? I mean, it is so amazing. And I'm just curious, I mean, how did that transition come about? So that happened uh, because after, shortly after the success of my tech firm, I actually was diagnosed with cancer. Mm. And uh, it was a big devastation to me, my family. Um, It was I was diagnosed two months after my wedding. Oh my gosh! Um, 
Yeah. So it, it really was a, an instant blow. It just, the rug was just taken right out from under my feet, my family's feet. And, you know, that ended up, uh, being the beginning of a seven year journey to save my life. Now it wasn't, uh, necessarily the cancer. I was cancer free within, uh, I would say, um, six months or so of diagnosis. Mm -hmm. Um, but then eight months later, I actually went into cardiac arrest. Mm, My goodness. So yeah, the doctors had uh, a lot of difficulty with resuscitation, um, Regular resuscitation techniques did not work. They were ready to call my time of death. And, uh, you know, one man continued to order everybody to continue with CPR for, you know, over an hour and a half, and which is highly unusual. Yeah. And it, it just it led to me being transferred to uh, one of the top uh, cardiothoracic hospitals, you know, in the world. And they were able to save my life. And wow. um and it's it's a miracle I'm still alive, and yeah. it took a lot of advanced um, medical technology, a lot of the top world's renowned surgeons, and a lot of brilliant minds to figure out a way to keep me alive. And um, through that process of seven years of keeping me alive, I was on a bionic heart for five years. Mm as a pioneer patient. And then I finally, uh, was able to receive a heart transplant. And, uh, because my heart basically from the cardiac arrest and from the, you know, the, the, uh, CPR and everything that transpired, I was basically, even though I was, I survived, I was in end stage heart failure. So it really was the transplant that finally got me back into a state of health and recovery after, you know, these seven long years of not just a physical battle, but a mental battle, you know, and, um, really that's kind of the spirit that a lot of people see me now. So what happened was because I'd had such a long trauma and my body had basically been beaten up. Um, I found myself feeling helpless and alone Mm, and and, in my home and, and realizing, okay, I'm alive. <laughs> I've got a brand new heart. I, I feel like crap right now because it's so soon after surgery. But, you know, how am I going to rebuild my life? You know, what's what? who am I at this point? Yeah. Um, I can't really reopen my, you know, I lost my digital tech firm for, through the seven years. Gosh. And I really had, yeah, and I had to think like, who am I if I'm no longer either a programmer sitting behind the computer all day, every day coding, or if I'm not a tech CEO. Because to be honest, John, for my whole life, my whole adult life, I really identified myself through my work. Sure. And, you know, like so many of us, you know, are you listening, can probably relate to, you know, when people say, you know, oh, you know, they come and meet you for the first time. The first question is, what do you do? Right. Right. And so, right. And so we're used to being able to say, well, I am an executive at blah, 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 or I'm the president of such and such, or, you know, I work at this company. And all of a sudden, I was healthy and better, or, you know, becoming healthy again and stronger. And I lost that complete identity role. Mm. 
Uh, Sherry, let's back up a little bit. I mean, mm-hmm. I cannot believe, I mean, you had the diagnosis two months after you were married. I mean, I imagine yeah. that, just, I can't even imagine what that must have been like. Share a little bit of kind of what went through your mind with our listeners. I mean, it sounds like things are just falling apart. Yeah, it's it's hard to explain what that was like, you yeah. know, to have have worked so hard, gone to a good school, you know, worked with so many top companies to get to where I was and then to just overnight in a blink of an eye lose it all. Um, it was devastating, uh, you know, and I'd be lying if I didn't say I went through some hardcore emotional, sure. yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, I mean, I, I literally to the level of shame. Mm. And, you know, sometimes, you know, people get surprised when I say that, you know, because we think when we hear a story of, oh, somebody's got cancer or somebody's gotten sick, when you're kind of removed from it, you you feel sympathy, you know, or yeah. empathy for that person. And um, you think, my God, what's there to be ashamed of? But at the same time, when you've built this reputation around your business and around being somebody that's accountable with work and shows up on time and, and um you know, is always there and, and producing excellent uh, products or service. And those are the things that identify you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you, when you are stripped of what makes you look good to the public mm. or, or worthy to the public, you, you can't go through a, a dark period of feeling, um, hopeless, uh, feeling worthless, uh, and feeling like, well, you no longer belong with society anymore because you, because I felt like I had nothing to offer anymore. If, do you know what I'm saying? If I was going to be now put in a position where I had to put all of my energy on my survival. Yeah. And I, you know, being somebody with, with the work that I did, I always had so many people relying on me, whether it was for a paycheck, mm-hmm. right? Cause I wrote the bills, I wrote the, the paychecks, um, whether it was for, you know, delivering a product. Um, I, I was used to being in that role of having people always coming to me for something. Yeah. Yeah. And and the next, you know, I did not realize at the time it would be seven years, but it basically was the next seven years. I my whole 110 percent of my energy was focused on bringing myself back to life. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, Sherry. Thank you so much for sharing that story. So, I mean, yeah. you went through the seven year journey and obviously it just. Yeah. Lots of ups, lots of downs. And then, you know, you got your heart transplant. Share with our listeners. I mean, was there a moment in which you decided, you know what, I'm going to change? It sounds like you made more than just uh, an entrepreneurial change. It sounds like you made a real mm-hmm. change in, in the way you thought about your life uh, from you know being a tech CEO to sharing your story, having your story be part of what you do. Share a little bit of that, if you can, with our listeners. Absolutely. Yeah, it was a big... Um it was a big shift. I really, you know, uh, to be honest, when, but right before I started to develop my brand, I went 
I got through this period of like, just, I got so angry. I was yeah. so mad, you know, like here I was with this new heart and I'm like, I should be so grateful. And which I was, I mean, my gosh, I was, <laughs> and I was so grateful. I was no longer on the bionic heart and, mm-hmm. you know, but it's still scary because you, your future is still so unknown. Mm. I, I, I was living seven years in and out of the hospital. So my mind was filled with a lot of anger and um, sadness and feeling like, well, great. They, you know, almost, John, almost like I would go through periods of saying, why did I survive? Mm. Oh, wow. And, and it, it finally hit me one day. Sherry, you did survive. And you can either spend the rest of your life with this new heart in, in misery you know, what was me, or you can utilize all the personal growth strategies, all the training, all the knowledge that you have accumulated over the years, plus all the powerful lessons you learned from being on life support for months and months and months, twice, and and then going through these various illnesses and what what the strength took to recover, I'm like, I really could tap into that and create what I saw in other people. So I'll give you two names. Okay. You know, Oprah Win- Oprah Winfrey, one of them. Mm-hmm. Obviously, she's got very powerful story of transforming a very traumatic childhood. Yes. And look at where she is today. So she is a massive role model for me. Yeah. And the uh, the other one is Chris Carr. Now, Chris Carr, I uh, I got to know her when I had cancer. She is a cancer thriver, she calls herself. She mm. has a very slow-progressing cancer. Um, so it, it's not... It's also uh, a very rare cancer, so it's not necessarily treatable. Mm-hmm. It's she's, But she's found ways through healthy living... Uh, to slow the progression of the cancer. And she documented her whole journey, which I saw. There's a movie out of it. And through that documentation, she created a whole wellness movement. Wow. And she's now like a Hay House uh, author and speaker. And she has been with me through this whole seven-year journey. And I realized, I realized in that moment when I came home, that I could tap into these two role models and somehow I did not know how because I was physically disabled when I started my brand. But I said, if they could do it, maybe I could do it too. Oh, I love it. Absolutely love it. Yeah. And that, yeah, that was really the launch of what if I were to turn my story, even if let's say, let's say I never felt better beyond how I felt at that point. Right. Mm, Yeah. Because you never know, right. At life. And I I had to teach myself just like I did the seven years that even though I was reentering back into business or back into the real world or quote unquote real world, um, how could I stay present even despite my pain, even despite the emotional trauma, how could I, uh, how could I, honor where I am in this moment and still find a way to inspire other people. Because as much as we think 
our situations are terrible and mine was definitely terrible. (laughs) My situation was definitely like one in a million. But I have to say there's one thing I've learned in being in and out of the hospital that although people look at my situation and say, wow, I look at my situation and really because I've seen other patients, I could be worse. Mm. I could be worse. And, you know, and so that every day is a reminder for me. Um, and, and really that was the beginning of saying, let me look into how, how did Oprah begin to create this powerful brand? How did Chris Carby begin to create this powerful brand? And, you know, they, they use their story, they use their gifts. And for me, really what I did was I just made a commitment to be a vessel yeah. uh, of hope and inspiration. I That's really, that's all I, I started with. Yeah, I absolutely love it. And, yeah. and from there, you found a whole new purpose, which probably just uh, you could have never imagined that this would this is the way how your life and your your career would unfold. And I think it's such a such a powerful story. Sherry, thank you so much yeah. for sharing that. Yeah. Well, Sherry, are you ready for the knowledge burst session? Sure. <laughs> All right. I'm so excited, Sherry. I'm going to switch it up just a little bit. You know, we have listeners. Everyone has a story. And that's that's the one thing that I've learned. And, and everyone has had their share of pain and struggles. And obviously, you have more so than, than, than so many others. But I love your perspective that you keep in mind that you've met people who, you know, have it worse. Mm-hmm. Sharing your story, I think, is such an important part of no matter what type of brand or business you have, I'd like you to share one lesson or piece of advice you have to that listener who may be going through a tough time and maybe a little bit hesitant or shy to share their story. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Sharing your story. I mean, I, I definitely want to say it, it hasn't been easy. Yeah. Um, and I think what really helps is to know why. Mm. why, why do you want to share your story? Because if you're sharing it just like, let's just say you're sharing it just because you want to create a brand and then it's going to make money like that, that, that type of why is not strong enough to, uh, for you to hold your ground and uh, to hold your courage when it gets tough. So you always have to have a strong enough why. Like when it gets hard for me, I immediately go to the the young girl that was younger than me that I that that was in the hospital at the same time as me. Um, I was a little farther ahead than her, mm-hmm. but I had not yet had my uh, transplant yet, and she hadn't either. And she was younger than me, healthy, very beautiful soul, and I found out. Uh, a few weeks after meeting her that she did not survive her transplant. Mm. I share my story for all of those patients in the hospital that I've met. Um, Some that have lost their legs because not only did they have what I have, but they also have diabetes as -hmm. a complication. People are struggling out there and I, and I don't mean to, to turn off anybody that doesn't have the physical issues, but whether you have emotional blocks, Mm -hmm. whether you have a traumatic childhood, a traumatic past, something that it makes it feel so impossible for you to share your story. Um, 
when you have that, when you can tap into the why, the why that makes you, you know, when I think of that girl, I like, I get tears in my eyes because that part of me says, well, why am I still alive? Why did I make it? And when I say, when I, when that thought crosses in my mind, why did I make it? I immediately say, Sherry, but you did. And now it's your place in the world to shine a light on these stories. And, and while I took a specific route with my brand, I did not come out and say, Hey, I'm taking a stand for heart transplant patients. Why? Because that would turn, that would actually turn away a lot of people because not everybody can relate to that. So I very strategically, when I shared my story, I shared it in a way that a small group could relate to at a time, but a strategic group that could help me get my brand and my message out into a bigger market so I could create a bigger platform where I have now that I can now stand my ground with Forbes under my belt, with Thrive under my belt, with ABC, you know, and different media outlets under my belt. Now I have a platform to say I stand for these women and men with heart disease. I love it. Absolutely love it. So powerful. Moving forward, listeners, know your big why. I think it's so important. Sherry, I want to ask you, what keeps you moving forward each and every day? Do you have a practice? Do you have any mm-hmm. any sort of uh, you know tips that you can recommend for our listeners, especially when you have those days where you feel like kind of the world's caving in on you? Yeah, <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, yeah, and that's that's always going to happen. Um, and you know, like you're saying, the key is to manage it. So for me, um, every morning, uh, and it you don't have to follow my example directly. But for me, what, what I find is my, my creative, my, my time to tap into myself, mm-hmm. my quiet time is in the morning. Yeah. So, um, I always have, before I start working, I always have a creative time. So for me, a lot of it is writing and meditating. Oh, I love it. And, and yeah. when you say write, do you mean like old fashioned pen and paper or do you, do you use your phone? What's your kind of tool of choice? Well, you know, it's funny. I love, love, love the the pen and paper. Yeah, and I too. did, I absolutely did that for years. And I ha- actually recommend that more than anything. For me right now, um, what happened was because after my transplant, I, I actually lost the ability to move my fingers. Mm. I, I lost full body uh, ability to utilize any muscle. So, um, I had to get used to typing on my phone with one finger and, uh, and that's actually how I wrote one of my books. It was on my iPhone. Oh my gosh. And, um, so I kind of, so you wrote an entire book on your iPhone using one finger. That is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did it. And actually one of them is published. It's a small book, but the other one is about, um, the, the, the seven year journey and that one. Yeah. I, I wrote, it's like 300 pages all from my iPhone. My gosh, that um, is phenomenal. Oh my god. Yeah. So definitely like writing and meditating. And then, um, I use a lot of essential oils, which really helps mm-hmm. balance my moods. Um, so it helps keep me vibrant. I don't really drink coffee or anything like that or any caffeine. So, um, essential oils is a big part of my practice. Um, I definitely do daily yoga. Now, that doesn't mean you have to go to a class. It doesn't mean you have to do a full-blown routine. Um, I Yoga, as much as like doing yoga in a chair on the side of my bed, is exactly what I did 
to build my strength right before my heart transplant. Yeah. So this, I, you know, I'm not giving you anything that has to be um, so rigid that it becomes impossible for you to do. Oh, I absolutely love it. Great shares. And Sherry, yeah. I've got to ask you, I mean, you know, we all have those moments where we just feel like I need to recharge or I need to just kind of step away. I mean, what yeah. do you do to recharge your batteries or reboot? Uh, for me, hands down, I go to a, some type of body of water. So I'll uh-huh. go to either, yeah, like a lake. Yeah. Um, and if you don't live near a lake, you can also see if there's any reservoirs next to you. Yeah. And that enough just to be around, you know, like I said, a body of water is enough if you can just pull over to the side of the road and, you know, sit there and make it like a a regular routine. Um, Sometimes before my whole tragedy, um, when I used to be um, a tech programmer in advertising, I actually it was so stressful that um, every day on the way home from work, I would stop off at the beach Mm. And, and, you know, even if it was just for 15 minutes, just to decompress. Um, so that's huge. So if you can do the lake sitting by a reservoir or do, um, like a beach, um, or even if you've got a pool somewhere nearby, um, that alone helps me re reground and recenter my energy. Great, great shares. Hey, moving forward listeners, you can find links to many of the books and resources mentioned by today's guest along with offers to try out Audible and Amazon Prime. These are affiliate links for which I receive a small commission, which helps the podcast and is greatly appreciated. You can find these on the write-up for today's episode at bemovingforward.com. Well, Sherry, are you ready to do a little bit of time travel? Yes. All right, we're gonna, we're gonna st- <laughs> having worked in the tech world this is what we're going to do. We're going to build a time machine. We're going to step into it. You're going to choose to visit your past self and you can pick any time you like, but you're going to go back with the intention of giving your past self a piece of advice, one piece of advice. What would that mm. be? Mm. Do you want to know where I'm going back to or just yeah, if my you advice? Share that by, by all means. Absolutely. <laughs> Okay, so I went back to uh, my my time as a programmer in adver- working for an advertising firm, mm-hmm. and my advice is that nothing is worth compromising your health. Oh yeah, and um, I I mean I would work long hours, yeah. and and it was a very stressful job. It was very um. You know, it was digital marketing in advertising, and it was very digital marketing was very new at the time. Mm-hmm. So um, we worked. It was like startup mode for that department. Yeah. And uh, you know, by if somebody saw you leaving at five or six p.m., they would. The joke was, "Oh, half day." Mm. And that was, you know, that was my world. And I and I get that as a as a. Um, entrepreneur as a, you know, startup, somebody that's used to startups. I get that, but, um, it was unhealthy. It was unhealthy. The stress, the stress I was under was unhealthy. And there's a point where, um, you, you have to be able to stand your ground and say no to certain things uh, or tell people like, this is too much. And it can be scary, especially when you're working for a company Um, but after losing seven years, (laughs) you know, because I did not do that, um, 
and not necessarily that that was the cause, but, um, you know, let's try to avoid, you know, anything, any possibility of it, you know, hurting your health or, you know, so yeah, absolutely. Just, you know, taking care of yourself and making sure that you're getting what you need. And how do you think your past self would have responded to that advice? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I would have fought very hard. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's a, it's a hard thing, which is why like sometimes I know I say it, but it's so, it's so much easier in hindsight. Um, But the most I can do is just, you know, that was me. That was my passion. That was my energy. It was my drive. And I was somebody also that was a very big people pleaser. Yeah. So, um, I, I think, I think if I had really understood more the, the nature of my people pleasing and really owning my worth, I could then have a different response. Yeah. I think that's really, really important. Great, great perspective to share. Well, Sherry, how can our listeners connect with you and learn about all the great work that you're doing? <laughs> Absolutely. I would love to connect with everyone. So um, you can definitely join me. Uh, you can visit my website, cherryamay.com, C-H-E-R-I-E-A-I-M-E-E.com. And at the bottom of my site, you can definitely see all the different links to my social media. I'm very, very active on yes, social media. you're great on social so. media. And I'm <laughs> going to encourage moving forward listeners, follow Sherry. She, she puts out <laughs> such amazing, amazing content. Well, Sherry, I would love to have you close out the show. So using about four to five words, what parting wisdom would you like to pass on to moving forward listeners? Ah. <sighs> Just be authentically you. I love it. Just be authentically you. Sherry, thank you so much. It was an honor and a privilege to have you on Moving Forward to share your story and your knowledge bursts so that our listeners can be inspired to move forward. Thank you so much, Sherry. My pleasure, John. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in. I hope to connect with you soon. And Moving Forward listeners... Once again, check it out, bemovingforward.com. You can follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, at bemovingforward. Join us next Tuesday for another extraordinary guest. Have a great week, and remember, always be moving forward. Now it's time for you to move forward and unlock the extraordinary in you. Moving Forward is produced by John Lim and Bali Solutions, LLC. All rights reserved.